Welcome back to the Wheel Take Sally podcast. I'm Nick, the host, joined by Andy here as always. And Hello. today, and today, we're gonna just gonna get right into it. Uh, the topics we'll be going over is the All Star break itself. Uh, we'll be talking about the push for the playoffs and uh, the playoffs themselves, and then as well as the big trade deadline coming up. We've already had a couple of trades already uh, that were kind what of blockbuster. It is March 3rd with a okay. uh, deadline time of 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So it's just like the NBA right. deadline that we they had just the other day. Uh, hopefully it's as crazy. Um, I was looking at some of those trades, and <laughs> I don't understand, uh, like, the NBA. I There were teams giving up, like, four second-round picks, five <laughs> second-round picks. I'm like, how are you just how do you just throw away five Unloading, second round picks yeah. you know and, and uh, like if you really want to break down a trade like look at the uh the phoenix suns i don't even know who they trade because i don't know basketball but they they traded for kdo's brooklyn nets and, and uh phoenix suns that is like a trade tree it could become like one of the biggest trade trees in nba history if the players keep getting a you know, traded like those draft picks. It's, it was a big exchange and uh, we'll never see something like that in the NHL. At least not to that standard. Mm, Hopefully though, it's never, still blocked. Never say never. You know, and the other thing too, you'd is hope to see it one day. When you sign a player, that's an RFA you, and they don't match your deal. You have to give up four first round picks. So that's like the closest we're going to get to like an NBA trade, but it wouldn't necessarily <laughs> be a trade. Uh, but getting right it, right into it, we uh, recently just had the All-Star break, uh, and that that happened over, I believe, last weekend in between yeah. uh, the championship games for football and the, and the Super Bowl, of course. I didn't watch any of the events. I haven't. I couldn't tell you the last time I sat down and watched an NHL All-Star uh, game or the skills competition. I think the last time I watched the skills competition was when Matt Barzell won uh, fastest skater. I have a lot of friends who ask me, they're like, Nick, why don't you watch the all-star event? And I'm like, it's, it's basically just watching players who don't want to be there, put forth a half-ass effort to uh, entertain the fans that are there. And to quote, you know, as Gary Bettman says, to quote, grow the sport in that area. It, to me, it's just it, it, it's. I'd rather just let the players have a whole week off. With how grueling the schedule is for these players, they hardly get a break for Christmas. They don't really get much time between the playoffs and like that that segment where you're pushing for a playoff spot or you're already in a playoff spot and March is coming, you know, around the corner. Like right now would be a perfect time for players to just rest themselves. I feel, but instead they gotta, you know. Uh, they they have to get, you know go and travel to an all star event that again they necessarily don't want to be at. We've seen players in the past like Ovechkin uh, who declined going after being uh, voted on or awarded, and he was he was suspended for that. He was basically punished for it. Granted, it was only a one game suspension, but you know do do players really need to have a, do do players really have an obligation to go? Uh, is the real question. Um, 
and I'll also mention this, Tage Thompson was selected by the uh, the Sabres. He was the one selected player to go, but he had he was on vacation. You know, he, he opted to go uh, on vacation instead of show up for the All-Star game. So Rasmus Dahlin ended up filling in for Tage Thompson. And I believe there were a couple That's of other players. That's why he was there. Yes. I, dude, when I saw his name, I was like, didn't the guys in the chat the other day just like someone have a comment? Like, uh, it was like a hashtag Dahlin for the All-Star game. And I'm like, what the heck were they talking about? He's right there. <laughs> That explains it then. Okay. Yes. And while he was on vacation, actually, he was with Dylan Cousins. And Dylan okay. Cousins got an extension on that uh, vacation of theirs. So it was funny for the, the two of them to be together on vacation <laughs> while he got an extension. And they're both on very similar deals. I both I think they're both on a seven-year. Thompson's on a 7.15, and I think Cousins was seven flat. Uh, so it was good to lock up those two guys for the core. Followed. But to, to go back to the focus, you know, it, it kind of worked out, though, because like we were saying, Andy, you know, you mentioned it in the chat as well as a lot of other Sabres fans not only felt as though that Tage Thompson des- deserved to be there, but also uh, Rasmus Dahlin. And I'll even say this that I heard mentioned by a couple of other pundits that I listened to. You know, I almost feel like we're kind of in a in a you know talentful league to the point where it's like you can't have every team have a i guess ambassador show up for the all-star game you know what i mean like for example mm-hmm. a team like the, the arizona coyotes chicago blackhawks and even to a certain extent like teams like the flyers columbus especially like finding one oh, yeah. player to send it um, doesn't feel forced but it's almost like uh like here you go, we're we're Little gonna requirement. Yeah. Whereas maybe instead of sending somebody from Columbus, fill that spot in with Rasmus Dahlin. You know, be like, sorry, Columbus, you just don't have an all-star, but it allows for Dahlin and players to I'm, actually You know what, man? I think that's a great idea. And I think that would be a, a I think that would contribute in a positive way toward at least from the fans perspective maybe being a good case scenario for this week of time because you've talked a lot so if you don't mind i'd like to interject at this point um at the beginning you mentioned you'd you'd probably just prefer them to have the week off and i would i wholeheartedly agree with that that was actually one of the first thoughts i had because i watched the entire next day of of the tournament and everything and I think your idea that you just pitched, it does two things. It First of all, it those players, like you said, all of them probably don't, most of them probably don't want to be there, if not all of them. But you know who really, really doesn't want to be there? The, the Coyote players, the Blue Jacket players. I mean, they they have a lot more on their mind and a lot of adversity that they're dealing with. And and that's enough to to be battling against throughout a season. And then to have to show up to the All-Star game and act hunky-dory like it's, you know, we're all really good players here. We're, we're all, this, this is, it, to me, those players at times, it just looked like this was their Stanley Cup. And it's only halfway through the season. And, and it, I just felt like that was unfair. 
And so I think it would take that away from those players. It would at least give them the, the not to have the burden of the headache. Um, and then for the fans, it would give a lot more all-stars uh, because in the, in the NHL, like you mentioned, there isn't top-tier star talent across the board in all 32 teams with, the, with these two expansions that have occurred. Um, so to take collective groups or, or broaden your, your selection from various teams that are kind of stacked and stuff, and that might also make it more fun for the players that are there because it's, you know, now it really has maybe some playoff feel to it because it's the better teams that are there. I mean, I think that's, a, I just think that's a really good idea. That's why I had to step in. I had some other things to say and it just tied it all in perfectly. And, and to your point exactly too, and, and th- this is sort of the point that I wanted to make was, you know, when you, are advertising the all-star game you want nothing but all-stars to be there you don't want a a player who's their top who's the top scorer on arizona say you know that was um phil uh, not phil kiss because he's no longer with the team uh nick bukestad for example one of the only or or nick schmaltz one of those guys but when you extrapolate their stats to other teams, they're not even in the top five scoring, top three scoring of some other teams. They're like not even in the Edmonton conversation. Bucks. Right. Yeah. So what this allows is the fans to actually see, and you mentioned it, more all-stars in a sense. Like you're seeing the best of the best. You're not seeing the best of the worst, if that's put it, if that's putting it correctly. Um, you know, the best, yeah. the best player on the worst teams. The collective. I, equally distributed yeah right and the funny thing is is i can't even tell you who represented the coyotes at the all-star game i can't tell you who represented columbus at the all-star game yeah um and i but i but i can tell you this i think most people would rather see a tage thompson uh rasmus donlin duo Mm -hmm. than you know tage thompson and somebody from columbus Stuff like that. I, I think it'll make the the All Star Game a little bit more interesting when you have a little bit more talent. And and the other thing too is, and, you know, everybody loves to see Leon Drysaitel and and uh, Connor McDavid. Why? Because they're the best duo in the NHL currently. You know, no, if we could only send one player uh, from every team, it kind of limits the possibility of seeing a Drysaitel McDavid duo at at the All Star Game. And again, like I mentioned, it wouldn't necessarily be a big deal because I mean we see them on an 82 game basis anyway. Uh, but it would be a little bit more fun to watch that in the All Star. Um, you know what, Trip and and I, I didn't even I haven't even been thinking about this because I truly just don't care about the All Star game. But um, Trip was adamant about it, and he and he has a case, which is that Natchez didn't get uh, the nod either. Yes. Um, and a lot of people in Carolina were upset about that. And dude, imagine a Tage Thompson. Dude, imagine if they went down to a two v two tournament, and they yeah. took like duos from all the team. Oh man, we're we should be in the marketing group. <laughs> we, we we really should. I mean, we just we brainstorm these like they just are in our heads for years. But it, it is be- true. I, I think most people would like to see. Uh, that sort of rep- representation at the All Star yep. Game. I, I don't want to keep, 
you know, babying these, these, every organization, like they have to have somebody show up, you know, make it more entertaining for the fans. It's one of the reasons why I don't watch. Uh, I mentioned earlier that all my friends ask, like, you know, why don't you watch it or what's wrong with it? It's just not entertaining for, to a fan like me. It's I don't want to see time. No, the way that, the way that I've, I, the way that I've heard it best described is from the great British baking show. Uh, the judges, when when they first introduce themselves for the season, they look at the camera and they say, is it worth the calories? Is it worth the calories that I'm consuming to taste this product that the chef just prepared for me? And I think it's a very, very good parallel in this situation. Right. Yeah. And, and that's very well put. You know, it's it's are you, you know, if you, and I was going to mention to you before I. Uh, before we started the podcast, I told you that the skills competition itself was in the range of two to three hours. And, uh, you know, you look at the skills competition and fastest skaters fun. I like that. Uh, uh, hardest shot, in my opinion, I'll say it. And I know this is probably an unpopular opinion. I think it's like one of the most boringest <laughs> events to watch. I, I, I looked at the lineup for hardest shot. Rasmus Dahlin was in there. And like, no offense to Rasmus Dahlin, but I don't think he's got the top 20, top 30 hardest shot. You know, it was a week. It was a week hardest shot this year. Yeah. I'm talking strictly. I think was Ovechkin in it. Ovechkin. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. I don't believe he was. I think when I looked at the the like roster that for was last hardest shot. But again, it's like, you know if you're going to bring certain people to the all-star game, like Ovechkin's always going to go. Why? Because big market for he's the Ovechkin. NHL. He's well-known. He's Ovechkin and people love him. He's a good fanfare for the all-star game. And that's right. another point to go into. You want to bring the the players that have personalities to the all-star game. Mm-hmm. And yes, Connor mm-hmm. McDavid's really good, but he's got a very boring personality. But again, he, you know, he makes it there on his and he's you know, got, the Canadian He's got the personality of a Lego piece. <laughs> I don't know it's if you so, saw. It's miserable to, it's, to watch him get interviewed. <laughs> love the guy. Very talented. Oh my gosh. You know, I don't know if you saw, but earlier in the season, I think like December, it was definitely around Christmas time. They found out he was still wearing the same socks from when he was playing. Like I saw this meme, even before yeah. juniors. Yeah, and the team basically paid for new socks, like new, you know, skate socks for him. And I, I watched the clip, and I think it was posted on the NHL Instagram page. <laughs> and he's just like, "Oh wow, uh, thank you for the socks. Uh, you know, this, this is a great gift." I'm like, "You couldn't." It's like Kako arriving in a, uh, New York City. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, but like, but he just Kako didn't understand good, the language. Exactly. Right. He just didn't understand the language. Like you could tell he was excited. He just, you know, in the way he spoke, he didn't English, know how to convey it. Yeah, exactly. But Connor McDavid, it's like, this guy's got the personality of if a rock and a shoe had a baby, like that's the personality he's got. It's right. Two inanimate objects. So He's a machine, man. Uh, he's a machine, and that's a clear, clear evidence of it. But yeah. and here's the other thing. And here's my other point. Like, take two people to the All Star. Assessed. There's two assessments you need to make for a player to bring to the All Star game. One of which is, you know, are they? Do they have a personality that fans will enjoy? Fans will want to meet. Fans will want to interact with at the event. 
boom, that's one. Two, mm-hmm. do they have the talent to be there? And that's all or you need. Statistical that's relevance. Or statistical yeah. relevance, I would argue, too. And if they have both, you because have Because if you're having a career year, you should be put in the all-star game. You know, you you're earning that keep in my in my opinion at that point. Exactly. Because not everybody can have eleven, twelve, you know, thirteen all star game appearances. Some guys only have two or three. John Scott. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and for anybody who thought that the uh uh fan voting, the fan NHL all star voting was rigged. Because a lot of people were voting for Natchez, a lot of people were voting for Darlene, only to find out that neither of them made it. You can thank James, uh, John Scott for making it to the All Star Game for the yeah, NHL to possibly out. to possibly be rigging the fan voting. Uh, but you know, back to my main point, it, it, it's just for me, it's not a it's not an event that I'm really excited to watch. To be honest, I don't think any fan above the age of probably. 16 17 ish yeah, cares much high um yeah i was gonna say 15 maybe even 14 i think i was done with that when i was around yeah 13 or 14 years like yeah. stop yeah so you you know they're catering it for kids which you know fair enough that it's 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 gonna be your demographic yeah, that's growing watching. the yep you're growing the, the bedrock yep that's right you, you're growing it it's just it's not appealing to me which you know, I don't think the NHL is going to care about that a 23-year-old won't be watching the NHL All-Star game. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the skills competition just needs to be a little bit more it's like enthusiastic. It needs to be better events. And, better, you know, and, and so I would argue to keep hard a shot because, to me, that is like foundational hockey. Like, that has some relevance still to the, to the, to the game of hockey, to the heart of hockey. Whereas it's, the breakaway challenge, I mean, that's very that is extremely gimmicky. It's not, it doesn't get yeah. much more gimmicky than that. Um, so that's that's where I stand. I say level the skills competition to to foundational and basic hockey. Fastest skater, hardest shot, accuracy. Am I forgetting anything? You you want something for the goalies? You can do an accuracy reverse. (laughs) Well, I think there is something for the goalies. Don't they pair up with another goalie and they, they like have to make saves or something? Is it like a saves competition? I don't know. Last I knew they, they did a goalie race. I don't know if they've been doing that. I think Tim Thomas put an end to that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, But you know, like, Again, I, I'm not saying could, to get rid of the hardest uh, shot. My, my point was actually going to be keep oh. hardest shot, accuracy, and fastest skater because I think those oh, are okay. the most entertaining. Just me personally, I wasn't a big. I'm not a big fan of hardest shot because I think yeah. since the days of Char and Ovechkin have passed us, hardest shot's not necessarily Weber entertaining. Yeah, but you know, keep those three because they're definitely the most well known and, and entertaining to watch for people. Uh, and then add others to it as well. Uh, like like you said, the breakaway challenge is so gimmicky. You look at any of the previous um, uh, breakaway challenges, you have the famous clip of uh, Kane dressing up as, as Clark Kent with his Superman uh, cape on. And then I believe he Superman dives and, you know, 
bats the puck to a stick and puts it in. And and again, like you said, it's very gimmicky, but it's almost too gimmicky to where an adult would kind of be like, you know, like let's let's let, let's like do something else here. Yeah, like I, I get it, the fan, you know, they're having fun. So, but it, it's just it's not a great watch. Uh, maybe brainstorm other ideas. I don't know. It, it like I said, I don't think it'll matter because it's not like I'm gonna <laughs> be watching it. it. All together, <laughs> your choice. Yeah, or literally just make it the All Star Game. You know, don't even have a skills competition. Yeah, just dude. All Star Game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that either. I agree. Because you're not like the players aren't going to the skills competition to necessarily to necessarily show off. Like, I, I, it's kind of hard to say. Cause obviously, like, they're showing like off skills. Scouts. Yeah, there's no scouts in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's not like you're going to watch the NHL All-Star Skills competition and go, holy crap, you know, Matthew Barzell can skate this fast. And then they become a fan based off of the, the fact that he was the fastest skater right. in 2019, so to say. You know, it's like, I don't think you're right. making fans out of that. Um, but moving into the All-Star game, we'll we'll kind of move on from the, the skills competition itself. Um, uh, when we were... We actually, the Cortland men's hockey team here actually had a uh, a, a game at, in Oswego. They're sorry, not Oswego, Geneseo, the day of all the All Star game. Mm-hmm. And on our trip there, the kid I was sitting with was watching the uh, All Star game. Like he was watching Metro versus Atlantic and Pacific versus Central. And I looked over and I was like, I was watching him and in my head, I just thought, why would you watch that? <laughs> it was 3 p.m. on Saturday, first of all, which I'm not saying is a bad time, but, you know. Like yeah, this seven the, started late as hell, too. Yeah. It's like half an hour late, I think. And it's like, yeah, I don't know what you're getting out of it. You could, I, I, the, the, I loved how when I was listening to my music and then I got a little bored just looking out the window and and looking ahead of me i turned to him and see what the score was and like every yep. time i turned there was like a three goal um three goals Shame. that i missed and then <laughs> two goals i missed and you can just tell the players are so half-assing it they're hardly skating they're hardly trying yeah. and this is the one thing that i say to my friends when they say oh why don't you like it i'm like i don't like a half-assed effort you know and i, I get that players aren't going to try in the all-star break but i mean damn it you know if you're you're getting paid millions to do what you do play the sport that you like um and on top of that the the winning team in the all-star uh game i think it's a million dollars or something they get to and the the mvp gets a car like there's bonuses and bonuses aren't great but you know, do yourself a favor and, and do the sport a favor to, to at least try, you know, you got picked to and just embrace that role, you know, and embrace that you're going to be the ambassador for your team. You represent your team. You don't represent just yourself. Go out and, sh- and show us what it is to, to, to be an LA King or to be a, a, a Florida Panther, whatever the case may be, you know, at, at least put forth some effort because if, if you're not going to put forth an effort, I'm not going to put forth an effort to watch. That's, it's simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. But I also, especially for the goalies, it's it's tough because you don't want to risk getting an injury. Like who wants right. who at this point in the season wants to have an injury, let alone at the All Star game. Um, I in fact I would much rather see Ovechkin, Crosby, McDavid. I'd rather see them half-assing it now so they can go at 110 out in May kind of thing. Right. Um, and. and- you can go and finish your point if you had more. But yeah, I mean, I was just, I, I was just saying, I'm, I'm, I will say this. I did. I ended up watching almost all of it. I think, I think by the final game, I had fallen out. It was still on the television, but, but my attention was much less. Um, but from what I remember, it was not as bad of a slugfest as I thought it was going to be. I think the first game might have been like five to seven or five to four maybe maybe i have it all wrong because we did have we had heat and and hot water issues that day so actually we were basically chilling with the hvac guy he was watching he kept popping in to like (laughs) check on the score similar to you so uh, that was kind of funny but nah i agree It, it, it is um i would like to see it go back to the traditional just east versus west. I I, yes. I I would like to see that for the game, yes. specifically the game day. Because again, it is a, even though they're only ten minute and they're only playing halves, it's it is three games. I, I do believe they started the first game quite late, um, and so you, you're committing your entire late afternoon and, and the vast majority of your evening to to basically see that through to the end. Um. I don't know. Uh, as you mentioned, it is for the kids. It really is. So for as critical as we are being, as as long as that pool of fandom is, is growing and it's a sustaining group, continue with it. Continue with your mm-hmm. efforts. I'll, I'll plan to never lose heat and water again on the <laughs> All-Star game. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, with that being said, I think we'll wrap up the All-Star break there. And I'm I will go that. and... I will go into a statement that Gary Bettman made, at least that the NHL made during the All-Star break. He had a press conference um, during the All-Star break. And this is what I kind of feel like is a miniature State of the Union uh, speech. Mm-hmm. You're halfway through the season roughly, and I think the uh, this is time when, you know, maybe some, maybe a controversial call happened and people will ask questions. Quality like, checks? Yeah, basically, okay. you know, like, uh, well, uh, let's say four years ago when we didn't have offside to the, the extent that it was, uh, a reporter might ask a question like, uh, you know, Gary Bettman, do you feel that uh, you're escaping a millimeter above the ice makes a difference of uh, being offside as opposed to if it was on the blue line itself, stuff like that, and then he'd go into it. So I have a little article here that mentioned uh, – the, the playoff format. And so to give you context, Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid had uh, clips where they basically said that they liked the one through eight system more because it rewarded the good teams for being good. A um, strong push. It, the, 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 the way that we have it now, <clears throat> it's been, you know, for as much as we all hate the Leafs, and I think it's pretty open on the podcast that we're not fans of the Leafs, it is 
very disheartening for you know to Toronto Maple Leafs to have the season that they're having, only to face Tampa in the first round. You know, it, because yeah. it's divisional now, so it'd be one, it'd be two versus three, and I hate to break it to you, but in the Atlantic, it's it's the difference between three and four is so wide that there's no way that changes. And then the right. only difference that would make in two and three would basically be, well, does Toronto have home ice advantage or is it going to be exactly? Tampa? It's still the same opponent, right? So what I wanted to do is I want to uh, give you a quote from Bill Daly here, who basically talked about the league's playoff format, and then this will kind of segue us into the push for the playoffs as well as playoff talk. But I'll, I'll start you with this. So the quote he says, and this was again based on the, not the criticism faced of the, well, I guess it will be criticism, criticism faced of both the fans and Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid, who are possibly two, who not possibly, they are two very big uh, figures in the NHL. Bill Daly says, the last time we pulled the general managers on this, and for context, that was May of 2022. They pulled them in, in May of 2022 which was only two years ago, two-thirds of them favored keeping the playoff system the way it is. It doesn't mean you don't visit it. Yeah, yep, so general managers okay. voted on on that. Uh, he continues to say, it doesn't mean you don't revisit it, talk about it again, but this is not some, not some burning issue out there. Uh, now, I have the NHL standings up here, and the NHL standings haven't refreshed enough to update, but I can tell you you know, based off the wins tonight with the Rangers, Pittsburgh, uh, Penguins, and Toronto Maple Leafs, they move up in the standings as, and I'll just break it to you with what it would be now. So with the Penguins win tonight, they now have 61 points, which is one more point than Washington. So they move from eighth to seventh. Uh, Toronto won tonight as well. So they move from fourth to third. They were originally tied with New Jersey at 72, with New Jersey having a higher winner, winning percentage. But now that they have the two points on, they go into third currently. And then lastly, okay. the Rangers were tied with Tampa Bay at 68. Same thing. Tampa had the tire, higher winning percentage. But now that they have 70 points, they're now fifth. So Toronto moves from third, New York to fifth, and Pittsburgh to seventh. So your matchups would be one versus eight would be Boston versus Washington. Two versus seven would be Carolina, uh, Pittsburgh. You'd have three versus six, which would be Toronto versus Tampa. And then you'd have four versus five, which would be the Rangers in New Jersey. Now, see, oh, it, man. you see, it doesn't really change much. And that's sort of what I but, try to tell people. Uh, no, but here's what it does change, Nick. Carolina and Tampa get to be in the conference championships instead of knocked out before that. Right. And that was going to be the point that I was going to make. Oh, like the bad. first round matchups <laughs> won't change. The first round matchups won't change, but what it allows is, you know, instead of a Carolina or but you know, Carolina Boston matchup yeah. in the second round, that's going to be an Eastern Conference final matchup. Yeah, you I know. jumped the gun on that. That's my bad. <laughs> no, you no, that's it's fair. Your thunder. It's, it's it's fine. It's totally fine. Uh and I think that that's that was going to be McDavid and Crosby's points in their uh, frustrations with the current format is, you know, 
Carolina being in the Metro division, one of the strongest divisions in the NHL, uh, their first roundup matchup say is, is Pittsburgh, you know, and, and I think that most people now might count Pittsburgh out. They're an aging core Malkin, Latang, Crosby are definitely in their, their, uh, their former days, but you can never count them out. It might not be an easy series. You never know. So, you know, say, say Pittsburgh does put up a fight and takes them to six games. Well, now Carolina wins, moves into the next round to possibly face New Jersey and, and the Rangers, who are, again, are two very good teams. And now you're at a point where it's like the Carolina second round could be against New Jersey and or the New York Rangers. And it's just like, would be a great Eastern Conference final matchup, not the second round. And so the problem becomes the first round is very entertaining but you lose viewership and ratings as you further into in round two in round two. Cause everybody talks about how wonderful the first round is. Right. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're getting divisional matchups and you're like, Oh, the New York, the New Jersey devils and the New York Rangers, they're going to face each other in the first round, like boom. And then after that, you're like, uh, well, you know, it's, you know what else it does though? I just realized this and it's actually something in your benefit that this, the current system does. It gives your Sabres, teams like your Sabres, a shot at a postseason spot. Because otherwise, you're, you're, you're cha- either otherwise, the only guaranteed divisional spot in the old uh, one, to, one to eight was the three seeds. So I, actually, maybe they'll do two. So maybe they'll guarantee the first four if they go back to that, since there aren't three divisions or six total divisions anymore. Um, but but your Sabers are in contention for a playoff spot because because your your divisional spots are not going to get swallowed up by another by another comp- or another division rather sorry no and it's a good point I and this has been my major complaint is the East is so stacked in the sense that the Metro and the Atlantic are by far the hardest divisions doesn't even matter what what you think is harder, whether it's you think the Metro is harder than the Atlantic or the Atlantic's harder than the Metro doesn't matter. You bring up a great point in the sense that if you're a team that's on the outskirts, forget about making a divisional spot. Your only hope is that wild card. And with the wild card race now in the East, there's like five total teams fighting for a wild card spot. You have Washington, Pittsburgh, the New York Islanders, the Florida Panthers and the Sabres. And five of those teams had to just, you know, fight their way through for divi- uh, not for divisional spots for the wild card spots, and that's that sucks, you know, because I'm not saying any of those teams are good enough to be in their divisional spots, but man, I'll be honest with you, the Sabers in the playoffs I think would be the most entertaining team to watch, no matter what seed they were, and it just sucks. I do that agree. They- and that's why I made sucked. that point for the yeah. current system. <laughs> Where, you know, say what you want about the Sabres. You know, I get it. You know, whether they're going to make the playoffs or not, I don't know. We'll find out. But day in and day out, this is one of the most entertaining teams to watch. They're the highest scoring team in the NHL. They've been so throughout the whole season, mostly. Uh, where, yes, sometimes they dip down to like the top three spots. But for the most part, they've held that number one uh, goals per game. Uh, stat the whole season 
And it would just be a shame if that team didn't make it to the playoffs to at least showcase what they had. Again, the seeding doesn't even matter. I think, um, you know, getting in is more important than whatever seed they end up with. With that being said, I wouldn't right. mind if Tampa or Toronto started tanking so badly and the Sabres started to, <laughs> you know, increase their, their chances and make that second or third spot. I don't think anybody spot. would mind that. <laughs> No, just Sabres fans. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I got an inherent bias, but no. Truthfully, it would be much more entertaining to watch. I think the Sabres in a home ice advantage situation than a wild card situation. And you know, I've I've asked uh, or not asked. I've been asked by my friends. I'm like, you know, they they'll ask me if say the Sabres end up making the playoffs and they're the eighth seed. You guys would face Boston. How do you feel about that? I would feel so confident about that series. I would not. I would <laughs> bet my life savings on the Sabres winning that series. I really would. And the reason being is, first of all, Olmark has been on the Sabres team since, obviously, he was drafted. That's where he started his career. Right. We know his weaknesses the most. Granted, yeah, yeah. The, guy, granted the guys on that team weren't around when he was playing, but, you know, Welcome to the 21st century. We have video footage. There's always video to go through. And My there's only... still probably some people remaining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think Apoxo would be in, Gergensen's, um, some of the older guys. I think Darlene. Yeah. Darlene. They pull Ryan Miller back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to the front office or something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But I would like our chances against Boston. I'm not saying that Boston would necessarily fall into the category of the 2019 uh, Bay Lightning, but I would certainly think that they would underestimate the Sabres enough for us to slip some wins in. Well, before you say that, dude, there's still plenty of the season left, and Carolina could catch Boston. And then let me ask you this. How would you feel (laughs) facing Carolina in the playoffs round one? You know, I'll be honest. not the same. I'll be honest. I really you you give me Boston Carolina, I'd feel more confident with Boston. I I watched our game against Carolina before the All Star break. I would agree. A very man. a very pivotal game, mind you, for Sabers. And we and yeah. we absolutely. I thought that we game was going to be nine nothing. I thought that game was going to be nine nothing. I was pissed. You guys scored your third goal. I shut the TV off and just <laughs> I, you know, I shut the TV I was, off and started making dinner. <laughs> I leaned back on the couch after the th- dude. It's funny that it's the third goal. I leaned back on the couch and I started like bopping my knees up and down. <laughs> I went, "Oh, Nick is pissed." I was like, "I'm not gonna text him though. <laughs> this is good. This is I, exactly what I, we needed." <laughs> I actually wanted you to text in the group chat because <laughs> it wasn't gonna be an aggression towards you. It was gonna be fucking uh, like trying to light the, the hell is up with us boys. Yeah, yeah. I, I was totally gonna try and like. Burn, you know that that fire needs to burn their feet right now because that that yeah. was a game you needed to win because you would have been in the playoff totally position. Agree. You would have been in, I totally in the playoff agree. position. And because and not only for that reason, dude, but we were coming off of a really extenuous, I think back to back. I mean, you were the seventh win in a row, but the sixth and fifth wins were like full tilt comebacks, very late game too. Um, I want to say that they were on travel. I think they were two travel games, but there was a lot impacting our schedule to the point where 
the game prior trip specifically and i had it in my head too was you really want to win this one because buffalo is a hungry team and and it, and if you guys won that game you're right you would have been in the, that would have put you in a playoff spot for the first time at the all-star break in like 10 years or something and so we were prepped for like you guys to basically just do the opposite to us and like you said like it was we thought we were like yeah, here comes a nine nothing game. Here comes a nine one game. But Ronta said otherwise. <laughs> and, and that was the other people. that was the other frustrating part about this loss is we lost against Anti Ronta. And yeah. you had been talking in the group chat for weeks on end about how bad he was. <laughs> and you know, I was like, there's no way Carolina plays Anderson he against plays his Buffalo. He plays his A game against you. Yeah. It's like, come on, dude, like Fuck. That was that was our moment. But, oh, but to go man. back series, to go back to your question, yeah, I would yeah, not want to face Carolina. I would not I do not feel confident playing you guys. We have never played Carolina well, which is kind of it's kind of obvious cuz Carolina has been a better team for the last 4 years. Uh, and the Sabres have been a, a you know, bottom dweller for the last 12, but we, do, we just can't figure it out against you guys. For as long well, as I've watched the Sabres, your neutral zone coverage and your yeah. the, your defensive scheme just really puts a twist into the Sabres. It's smothering. It's, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's smothering it's, it's, for a lot of teams, though, dude. It's not yeah, you guys. Don't get that, I know. Don't get that twisted. Here's what it is. Here's what I want to say before you keep going. I will say this. You, your Buffalo Sabres and my Carolina Hurricanes and even the Rangers, and, and this is why I love the Rangers as much as I do in the background, and I, I also keep enough tabs on your Sabres too, but those three teams are built with very similar players that do very similar things, and unfortunately for your Sabres, you got that sorted out you got that look that build of a team a young fast and defensive team you have that but yours is just younger than both of ours it, it, right now it kind of goes carol as far as rebuilds are going it goes carolina is well into theirs i expect i do expect a conference championship this year i do there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it anymore. Especially again, I'm not going to go into it with the goaltending situation, but you know how everybody on this cast knows how I feel about that. Um, then you have the, the the Rangers who are right behind them, right behind them, like a season or two behind them, and then a little bit, maybe two or three behind Rangers. I feel is where the Sabers are, and if they make the playoffs this year, I'd expect. I would expect four more appearances from them, similar to us, similar to New York, you know? So don't get too beat up on yourself about, about that just because we play your game better than you play our game at this point. And we're playing the same type of game, if you know what I mean. Whereas, like you said, Boston is built more like a, it's a more veteran team. It's a more, you know, uh, more sustain. Yeah, just sustain play, sustain play, and maybe get a good goal at some point. Maybe get a breakaway at some point. It's not quite the same model as Carolina, as the New York Rangers, as the Buffalo Sabers. 
Um, so you guys, I, I do expect you guys, especially as time goes on and your players get older, jive more, more veteran leadership. Uh, what were you saying earlier? More ambassadors of, of the team. I, I do see a lot of bright future for those savers if it doesn't happen this season. Yeah. And, and I think it's a, it would be better for the savers to make the playoffs kind of put themselves out there, even if we lose in the first round, like you said, but it's a step in the right direction and it's a step towards building, you know, and making those, those steps to increase and get better. Uh, Cause you yes. don't, we, I would not want, like if you told, if you, if I had two options, right. Sabres make the playoffs, but they continue to struggle or the Sabres miss the playoffs this year, but missing this year means that the next four years, they're consistent playoff go-getters by all means, you know, with how stacked this draft year is, I would totally be okay with missing the playoffs. If it meant, you know, we would consistently be going after that with our core, you know, continuing to go with the same guys, maybe picking up some more right. veteran leadership, like you said. I'd be <laughs> fine with that than the first scenario where you make it. And then after that, either the team overcorrects in an off season or just, you know, they don't repeat what they did the last season. Um, you know, I, I would certainly prefer to be at the point where we are consistent playoff uh that's what I'm looking for, not go-getters, appearance. but playoff appears, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing, too, and I'll wrap it up here, and then we'll go into the trade deadline and maybe focus on some teams. Okay. Um, I'll wrap it up here. Anybody out there, I'll pull you. And you don't have to answer this, Andy, because I already know your answer, but anybody out there, if you had the choice between two teams to make the playoffs, say one through seven's been locked, and... Eight is the only spot open. Would you rather watch the Buffalo Sabres with their young core of Rasmus Dahlin, Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, Uka Pekka or the New York Islanders who play the most boring hockey in the NHL? They give the all-star game a run for its money. Yeah. You, those are your two choices. I think everybody would prefer to see Buffalo, not only for the more entertaining games, but it's at least now a new. I think at this point, everybody in the phase, NHL yep. is like, fuck, man. I would just rather see Buffalo in the playoffs, you know, even outside of the entertainment factor. Like a team that's been struggling for years, finally figuring it out. I think they prefer it. Um, obviously, my choice is, is Buffalo to, to make the playoffs rather than the Islanders, but. I do. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. With that being said, though, it's a good segue into like the trade deadline because although it hasn't hit yet, we've already seen some big splashes. And one of the teams that made a big splash was the New York Islanders in uh, trading for Bo Horvat. And in my opinion, they didn't. It's kind of tough to assess that that trade. Um, they gave up one of their prospects and in, in Ratu. Um, and they gave up Beauvillier, who had been seemingly struggling with, with the New York Islanders. And I, I got to be honest with you. I think the reason why most players struggle in that system is because it's so defensively oriented, such a trap game you know, scheme, that an offensive player like a Beauvillier, who I think has the potential to 
to be like a 30 goal scorer just can't do it on an Islanders team because there's no emphasis on offense. You know, it's, it's mostly on the defense and goaltending. So I think it's, it was good for Beauvillier to find, you know, a new home in Vancouver where I think they're more offensively oriented because their defense ain't great over there for sure. Uh, and then Bo Horvat, you know, the Islanders end up getting a goal scorer. I, I, I don't know if you've, you've heard of this stat, but they were in their last 13 games, they were two and 11. And I think in, Oh my gosh, was I think eight of that eight of those games, they had scored two or less goals. Like they were on a streak for scoring two or less goals in a game. And they somehow managed to win uh, two games while only scoring two goals. They're a very low scoring team. So getting Bo Horvat was huge for them. Uh, and then they were able to re-sign him as well. And his contract, you know, if, if he continues with the pace he's at, the, what did he get, eight and a half, eight million? Like, that's not a bad contract. That's not a bad Eight and a quarter? Was it eight and a quarter by eight, maybe? Yeah, I'll look it up if you uh, if you want to continue with uh, yeah, Horvath. I do. I very much do. Um, I thought, okay, when I heard, so first of all, everybody knows this, I think. Horvat is a phenomenal sleeper pick for fantasy. And really anybody in fantasy, in my opinion, that falls under that category in the NHL, in fantasy NHL, um, is honestly just a good depth scorer, to tell you the truth. Um, hopefully that kind of hopefully that kind of player is getting second line minutes, uh, at least third line minutes, and maybe bop them in and out of second and third, maybe put them on second, run them on first play, uh, first power play, whatever, or whatever you need to do to jumble up the lines. The point of this player uh, is a really good pickup for for New York because. Like you said, hopefully it does give them a little bit more of an image as far as offense goes. Um, I believe I've mentioned it on this podcast. If I haven't before, I'll, I'll quickly explain it again. But um, sometimes when I am not doing anything, I'm just chilling, uh, hanging. I will just pull up the NHL standings <laughs> and run through mathematical simulations uh out to the end of the out to the end of the start or to the end of the regular season and start of the playoffs um and one of those one of those one of just the things i have observed as someone who studied a, a great deal of statistics um and then also has just been looking at the nhl standings for as long as i have almost every single day one of the quickest things i noticed about teams was that New York Islanders and Carolina Hurricanes were the two best teams at not letting other player, other teams score on them. The Carolina Hurricanes just could put the puck in the net for themselves, too. Uh, so they had a much better goal differential than the New York Islanders did. In fact, the Islanders very nearly had a one, have for the better half of the last five seasons i want to say i'll go i haven't looked that much over the course of this season yet but it's pretty consistent as you're saying it, it, it's almost their goals against and their goals for is almost equal and it's an amazing just from my perspective for studying as much statistics as i have 
it's amazing that they made the playoffs pretty consistently for three or four seasons while going while basically breaking even on goals. That's basically how you can think of that is that they're breaking even on goals <laughs> and they're walking into the playoffs. It's um it's impressive, but again, hopefully Horvat gives them some creativity around their offense. I hope it gives them um, an edge offensively. Uh, it, it hopefully does something because if they do make a push and they do make the playoffs, like you said, I don't want to watch. I, I don't want to watch their series. I don't want them in my series. <laughs> um, it, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that one tra- uh, pans out, but it's a really good start to the trade deadline this far. I'll give you a shot here if you have the uh, contract for Horvath. Yeah, so so I was right. It was eight and a half at eight years. Gotcha. Uh, I knew it was in the eight range. I just didn't know exactly if it was eight or eight and a half. But yes, that is what he got. You are right. They pretty much break even on their goals for and goals against. Uh, they are always in the top five, I feel for goals against but for goals for they're like bottom half like bottom 20 bottom of the league bottom of the league yeah bottom of the league which is crazy uh and and i think the other thing too is barzell is not the superstar goal scorer he is a superstar but he's not a superstar goal scorer and that's been the problem with the islanders even since Tavares left because Tavares was your superstar goal scorer, but when he left, you you had you missed that that one guy that that poster child for goal scoring. Yep. And now that you have Bo Horvat, you filled that hole that you've had for years. Now is one guy going to make all the difference? Hard to say. I think maybe if you had Bo Horvat when you played against. Uh, I won't tell. Yeah, time will tell, but but going back to that series when they lost in seven games to Tampa in 2021, I think. Yeah, it was 2021 because it was Tampa's repeat year. If they had Bo Horvat, chances are, you know, that they probably win. Uh, There's definitely a possibility that you could say the Islanders could have beaten the Tampa Bay Lightning had they had Bo Horvat. Uh, but now you now that they have him, now that they finally have a good goal scorer, some guy that knows how to put the, the puck in the net, mm-hmm. uh, and he's going to be on a line with Matthew Barzell, who's a guy that can easily make room and make space for Bo Horvat. It will be very fun to watch uh, going forward how the, the uh, New York Islanders goal scoring will be and if they can score more than two goals a game. I will say this, they played <laughs> two games since the – uh, continuation of of games after the All Star break, and they beat the Flyers two one the other the other night, and then I think they beat. Damn it, who was it? Let me look back real quick. They had played another team, and Bo Horvat scored, and I think they've oh it was they beat the Kraken. I think the final score was four nothing. So they finally wow. scored more than two goals, and they shut out <laughs> the Seattle Kraken. So, yeah, Doubled. one game they only had two goals, but they still beat the Flyers. Another game they finally scored more than two and one and shut out their Good opponents. For them, so, yeah, and they're, and they're on track to, to do exactly what we were just saying, uh, to do the opposite of basically what they've been doing, to now score and be in a position where they're at more uh, leeway here to, to – separate themselves and as far as goals against and goals for it'll be very exciting to watch 
another team that, that's been rumored uh, to make a big splash and did was the New York Rangers. However, the original yeah, splash man. that they were going to make was supposed to be Patrick Kane. And from what I've been heard and you know was reading about today after they had traded for Tarasenko yesterday, apparently Patrick Kane took too long to, uh, you know, tell the general manager that he would want to yeah that he would want to be traded so because of that it forced the new york rangers to go and look elsewhere they finally looked at uh, tarasenko and they they needed right uh forward depth very badly when when you look at their their right wingers it was definitely an empty spot on that list with tarasenko being on there and not only do you have more depth on that right wing you have it's tough because he, he hasn't been himself in a while, but you definitely have at least a goal scorer. I don't know, man. I saw I saw a goal tonight of his. He's already scored one. No, yeah. And they, yeah. they look I, good. And, and by and all you know means. Who, you know who else looks good on this play, man? It's a guy that we've been we've been critical of recently, Panarin. Yep. And that's scary. Because they're on a line with Zabanajad. Zibanejad had nothing to do. He was on the ice, had nothing to do with that goal. That's frightening for the playoffs for for some teams. <laughs> I think I think that I mean I know Ryan was was dumping on that I think yesterday in the chat, but in the back of my head I was like, damn, that is. I think I said it actually. I, that they're all in. They're going for one this year. They yeah. were in the conference finals. Uh, was it last year? Uh, Against Tampa? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. No. <laughs> they want the no, yeah, this was. year, dude. Yeah. I love the only, it. The, I, the, okay. I'm here it's for tough it. for me. It's <laughs> tough for me because I, I, I did see Ryan's point, though. You know, it's, it's, a, it's somebody who's had such – like made out of glass, hasn't been himself since 2015 – and I think he has the potential to to at least get back to where he was. It's just he can never be healthy enough to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what's what's really going to test Tarasenko in New York is if he can stay healthy. Since he's been a blue, I, he's he's had shoulder problems. I believe he's had knee problems. Um, I know the latest Here's problem the thing, has been man. shoulder. Here's the thing. He's on a line with Zibanejad. Big guy. Adam Fox, just look at their look at their blue line. They're they're gonna support this guy. I, I'm I'm telling you, I think this is gonna do it. I no, think this is gonna make them a frightening team. It's fair. It. It's fair to give that assessment. It's just, you know, it, it might not even at this point in his career with how injured he's been, it might not even take somebody hitting him somebody awkwardly running into him to injure That's himself. True. It it might just be a shot. It could be a, an Anderson, of, an Anderson sort of thing. A, a perfect <laughs> example. You know, it's, it's, you know, it, you never know. And I, I think, uh, you know, you look at the trade, they gave up a first round pick for Vladimir Tarasenko. I think there is a condition on it. I forget what the condition mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, it, it was it too much to give up to a guy. I mean, how old is he anyway? He's got to be in his thirties, right? Like, I want to put you're, you're him defi- around 32, maybe. Yeah, I'll you're definitely out. right about the all-in. Obviously, this is an all-in move. 
whether you acquired Patrick Kane or Vladimir Tarasenko was an all-in move. Uh, I found 31, 31 years old. Um, I I do like birthday is December 13th. Oh, geez, look at that. So recently 31. Uh, He is a UFA, so I wonder if they're going to do what the Islanders did for Horvat in a sense of signing him. Because uh, you'd hate to have him be successful with the Rangers, have a great regular season, great postseason, and then he goes in free agency. So I would imagine that Chris Jury, knowing the GM he is, bring, like turning this this rebuild into a very very quick turnaround. Uh, I would imagine they that the, he is talking steroid shot. Yeah. I would imagine that he's ter- he's talking to Tarasenko's camp and figuring out whether or not. You know what terms it going to take and what 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 uh, what value? Here's a question. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. Um, how? Because I, 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 it seems like you are paying attention to it more than I. I mean, I'm not paying attention at all. So I'm trusting you <laughs> that you're paying attention to it more than I. How exactly? How deep is the de- or how deep is the draft this year? How many picks down in the first round are we talking are going to be pretty good, pretty good shots at a money bag? From what I heard, the second round is basically going to be a first round. Like, okay. like second like second round Jeez. picks are going to be going at, at a value of a first round pick. And and this is the problem. Like when we talk, so, but, telling- but you're saying that it, this. So you're saying the first round is going to commence. We're going to start the second round and the quality and the skill that we're going to be see going is going to feel that of a first round. Is that what you mean right there? Yeah. So basically like first round is going to okay. commence. And by the, that, by the time the second round comes in, you're still going to be getting enough talent that you wouldn't okay. at first. Okay. Then I will, I do see how risky of a, of a draft pick that was to give up. Right. I will I will cop to that. I will still assert that I am here for it, and this is the fucking move. <laughs> this is <laughs> put him to the top. <laughs> I got two teams in the playoffs this year, baby. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm looking for a third, Nick. Tell them oh my gosh, I, we're, to step it up. <laughs> we're we're praying every night, man. We really are. Oh man! I, apparently, this is a Carolina, New York Ranger, Buffalo uh, episode. Everyone, sorry, yeah. but <laughs> we're not going to be holistic today. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get into another team that I think is going to make a okay. splash, and this right, is this perfect. is this is a team that pff, this team makes a splash. Look out for them. Uh, I'm trying to find like an article that gives me a little bit more in depth on the the players that are available at the trade deadline. Cause we've heard the big names like Patrick Kane, Timo Meyer, mm-hmm. well, Chick always, Yeah. He's always available. Yeah. But he's especially going to be available. Cause I believe he's a UFA and okay. you know, he's at what would be the end of his career a contract. Yeah. Yeah. So it's likely that he's probably not going to spend the rest of his career with Chicago. So, and he's going to want to, to ring chase at this point, you know, mm-hmm. might as well, if you're going to be on your way out, yeah. Um, now I've heard Timo Meyer and oh, and, and Jonathan Taves. That's another name that's uh, being tossed that's around right. in rumors. Right. Now, for what I've heard, and I don't know how reliable it is, 
but I've heard that Taves is basically rumored to go to Carolina. Um, Ryan O'Reilly. Yes. Yep. All right, go on. Go on. Now, it's it's kind of hard to place other players. I know Ryan O'Reilly is apparently rumored to go to Toronto. It's in, in you know it's 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 tough to say if this will happen. I've heard Timo Meyer rumored to pretty much every other team in the NHL, but I've heard Same lately. <laughs> I've heard lately it's Buffalo and Boston. Those were the first two I heard. Yes. Now here's the problem. Okay. I, as a Sabres fan, I do not. I don't. I don't want Timo Meyer. I don't want Timo Meyer. All right, take We're, Jonathan Tate. So we don't. Hey, I'll take center depth at this point. It's definitely been a prop. So here's the other thing too. You have some. You have two really good centers available at this trade deadline and Jonathan Taves and Ryan O'Reilly. Jonathan Taves is by far the best, the highest face-off percentage in the league. And yeah, it's like 60 him, something. Yeah. Any team getting him, you're getting a reliable guy. And then Ryan O'Reilly is pretty much the same with, I would arguably say a little bit more production. He has, he's had a down year this year, but you know, he's, he's got a, he's got the uh, ring to prove that he's been through it before. So he brings a bit of a, uh, um, leadership presence and on top of that you know he's been a really good center throughout his whole career and, and as far as points goes he's always been reliable no matter what team he's been on so you got two really good centers available Timo Meyer being a winger uh, I believe even Timo Meyer before the Tarasenko trade was rumored to go to New York uh, and I know Kane was rumored to go to New York but you know obviously he took too long to respond but with it being all considered if Timo Meyer does end up going to Boston, that's got to be my favorite out of the East. That has to put them over the edge. Like you say that the Rangers are all in by getting Tarasenko. I would have to say that the Boston Bruins getting Timo Meyer would would put them over the edge by far towards the okay. Rangers. Um you know they're getting a guy who's what well, he's got like 31 goals or something currently. Um, he's a point shy of a point per game player, and on a on a roster that you and I have criticized for years, and I know Ryan's had enough of hearing it, especially with the year they've had now. But we've <laughs> criticized them for. <laughs> we've shout criti- out Ryan. Yeah, shout out Ryan. Got to shed some light on the Bruins for the season they've been having. And I'm sure, he, you know, listening to this, he's probably an hour in going, I can't believe they haven't mentioned the Bruins. Yeah. <laughs> but they get Timo Meyer. That's a team that's secondary scoring. Their defensive scoring skyrockets. I, I, j- I just don't like their goal pending. I still don't like their goal pending for the playoffs specifically. That's what I said. I, w- I will say in front of that position, it will put them over the edge and that can still win you a championship so long as the goalie plays decently. And I do think their goalies can play decently for a, for a 16 game win. That's that. Mm-hmm. But no, we'll and, and, and I was talking about with some of the hockey guys here when we were on our, our trip this past weekend, there's a Rangers fan who kind of points and makes fun of the Sabres a little bit. Um, and the topic of 
Lena Solmark came up. We were talking about it, and and the Rangers player was like, you know, Olmark's, you know, he's one of the best goalies in the league. Why wasn't he like this in in the with the Buffalo Sabers? And I go, because our defense was shit, dude. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, well, you know, and I think he was basically trying to make the point that like Lena Solmark is a good goalie, and no matter what team he's on, he's going to put up the stats he's putting up now. And one of the hockey guys kind of finally like put this guy in his place, and he's like. He's playing in front of the best team in the play in the this the NHL. They're on record pace right now to beat yeah. the overall it's, points. And that's exactly why Ranta and Anderson look good too. Yeah. Until the playoffs, man. These teams yeah. fall apart in the playoffs. But 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 you know, basically his point is is yeah, I would hope he looks like a good goalie on the best team in the league, you know, with a team in front of him that's Good point. You know, on a record pace. The Sabres weren't that team, you know? So, yeah, I see what you're you know, w- with all that being said, they end up getting Timo Meyer. That That's the team to beat in the East for me. And I know I'm, I, I hate being the guy that kind of, you know, that takes a look at the regular season and, you know, goes, it's different from the postseason. And it would basically be a, a hypocrite a hypocritical statement because I always say that the regular the, the postseason is different from the regular season, but it would be hard to see a team beating uh, the Boston Bruins if they end up getting Timo Meyer. It, it's it, it would be nuts. I mean, I mean, Andy, look at look well, at how DeBrusca's been. You know, we were yeah, two years I, ago again. I got a cop to that one again. All of us do. Even Ryan had to. <laughs> number seven. But I reserve the right to call him number seven. Just still refer to him as number 74. And affectionately refer to him, I will admit. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, with, with Toronto, too. Toronto would be another team that's looking to improve at the deadline. Not mm-hmm. by much. But if they end up getting Ryan O'Reilly or John Tavares, their center depth is or shit, John Tavares, John, Jonathan Taves, their center depth would be Matthews, Tavares, and Taves. Yeah. Or or Matthew, Tavares, Ryan O'Reilly. Now, and is that going to... I will also admit, because you mentioned it, I wasn't thinking about it, but if Carolina picked up Jonathan Taves, that takes their A-tier a face-off percentage right now into S-tier, which is the number one team in the in the face-off circle. But the the same situation with um with Tarasenko, I feel I feel Tavar or Taves is a risk in the same in a similar scenario. T- Taves has been pretty injury prone. I would hope that he could stay healthy, and if he can, if he could, because because he might he it's going to be Aho. In front of him, and then does 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 Rod move stall up, and then put Taves in third, or does Taves get second line? And either uh, way, well, you have yeah. you have a fifty-five ish or better face-off percentage in your forward two and forward three. And you have okay. you have an automatic Ooh. guy. Some because there are situations in the playoffs, dude, where you need an automatic face-off guy, and they have they that gives them two basically stall and tapes. That's two well, selections. 
another thing too that you also need to uh, focus on is not that it's necessarily a problem. Before I get into your the the one, it's not even a glaring issue. It's just a little thing I wanted to to point out with the Carolina Hurricanes. But before I get into it, you know, they acquire Jonathan Taves. It gets a little tricky down the center uh, chart here. So you got Sebastian Ajo as number one. Number two is Kakaniemi. Number three is Stahl, and number four is Stastny. Those are all really good centers. Yeah, well, minus, you know what, dude? Minus maybe Kotkaniemi. You get Taves, and I think you're right. Like, who do you move up? Who do you move down? Well, dude, Where does Kotkaniemi I'll, I'll answer go? this right now. I'm, I'll answer. I have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> we converted Ajo to a center. So you just convert him back. Uh, okay, okay. I did not know that. Didn't know yeah. that. Also... I who what do we know what really off topic, but I was looking at the 2015 draft class and Sebastian Ajo was a second round pick. Did do are we was 2015 the year we say was by far the best draft year? Or did we did we say it was another year? Uh was that the Eichel year? That that yeah, was, it was that was yeah. McDavid Eichel. Yeah, um, because Ajo. I was in, in 2015 during the NCAA tournament or the championship, which Eichel played in, that was his year right before he got drafted. I was at a, I was at my, uh, my friend and I went down to High Point in North Carolina for the weekend, and we watched it from there. And then he got drafted months later. So yeah, it was 2016. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, he, yeah, dude. That's why. That's why we always say it's such a stacked draft because you redraft and Aho instantly jumps to the. But oh, third pick. He's third. He's fourth. Third. You know, at worst. He's third. <laughs> he is by far third. Also, you want to know who was fourth in that draft? Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner, yeah. It's a, it was a fucking it, solid it's, draft it's class. Ludicrous. It is ludicrous. How you this one you think this one's gonna be good this year? After it's over with and in ten years, let's look at this one and let's look at twenty fifteen. Yeah. We'll see that's, a, we already that's know a fair point. Fifteen is a certified Boner alert draft yeah. draft plastic. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that was nuts. I mean, even if the draft class was just say McDavid, Eichel, and Marner, like you'd be like, that's pretty stacked. Bar- Barzell was in there as well as uh, what's his name. Um, that that was the famous Barzell, uh, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat that the, mm-hmm. the Bruins passed on for the no names they got. Yep, but um, even based on like those alone, you could say it's number one. But you DeBrusque. had Sebastian Ajo. Dude, DeBrusque was to, in that one. You had DeBrusque. There was a lot of big names in that first something. round. Dude, it, it is so good. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> it's, a, it's so much of a boner alert. It sidetracked us. But, uh, so, okay. So I guess Sebastian Ajo would go back to a wing. But. Again, yep. and it still gets a little bit more complicated after that because, you know, with, well, with the lines you have now, it would be Teravine and Sebastian Ajo Jarvis. So who do you take? A, you know, I got to be honest with you. Maybe you take Turbo off that line. You can break it up however you want, dude. Because yeah. here's the thing. I, I also I, – I heard – I heard that Martin Kazan – is on the block for us. Okay. So if they can get him out of there, that opens up another, you know, you could shift Terravine and down to the third line. 
Teravinen doesn't mind playing those. And oh my God, do Teravinen back with Taves on the third line? Yeah, oh, that's true. We're putting yeah, three or four Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cup championships this year. <laughs> yeah, and one of Buffalo, Carolina, now the Rangers. You know, it's we're putting everybody in. I like it. Uh, yeah. Toronto, you know, man, it's going to be you a know, really I, good trade deadline this year. I think so too. The, the only problem is going to be the amount of, I'd say money, but the amount of return you're actually going to get up for some of these players. And I, I got to be honest with you, with the rumors I was hearing about earlier this year, with how much Chicken was going to cost and how much Meyer was going to cost it's possible they might not even move at the deadline because it's just going to be mm-hmm. too expensive for some it's teams. Steep price, yeah. I mean, what I was hearing about Chikorin was like three first rounders. And it's like, you know, who has that? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and the other thing is like, when was the last time you saw first for three first round picks be moved? Um, Good point. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I know the Melka, the, uh, Phoenix Coyotes goaltender has also been rumored. I'd like to see the Sabres go after him. Uh, okay. You know, it's, it's I, the only problem I see with this team is goaltending and, yeah. and, and, def, and defense. Um, th- those are the two glaring issues. I think. Do you Sabres have any have. goaltenders in the system or no? We have a it's- Devin Levi who was in the 2020 uh, World Cup juniors, and I think he's currently playing in either Boston College or Boston University. Okay, uh, so he's got a while. He's got yeah, four so, years of bacon in yeah, the NHL he, before he, he was. So. I don't think he was drafted by us, but I know that we like have his rights, I guess. So okay. he's with the organization in that sense, but uh, but yeah, he's we we do have one, I guess, being. Like you, Uka Pekalukin is the guy that we've I, developed and have put into the role now of of number one, especially with Eric Comrie being out with injury, and Anderson being obviously not viable enough to to be our starter with how old he is. Which is why I say going out and getting Vilmelko wouldn't be a bad idea. Unfortunately, there's just not a good goaltender out there. I feel that would be on the trade block. Uh, I would love, you know, I, I told you in the beginning of the season, I said, if, if for whatever reason, Van, or not Vancouver, Winnipeg was struggling this year and, uh, you know, weren't going to make the playoffs, <laughs> you know, I was going to say Halibut, but they fucking heard me and now they're having a phenomenal yeah. season. Turn it around. Yeah, they, tur- they turned it around quite fast, but. Uh, they turned on the Jets. <laughs> good one. Very good. Uh, in my opinion, I think the the winner of the the Stanley Cup final will come out of the East. Who that might be is is up in the air. Certainly, Carolina and Boston are are the front runners and the favorites, I would imagine. But you never know what teams will do. I, I do like Toronto's chances. I'll say it, you know, and I'll I'll be the donkey of the day. If if they end up being a first round exit, I'll wear that proudly. Uh, I do feel as though they can make it past the first round. You'll wear um, it this year. You, you know, I was tribute. Oh my gosh, I wore it last year, and I they made they. What's the expression like? They made me. Oh my god, uh, they made me. Fuck, it had right. something. Does it have something to do with like cream 
Like they, they, I don't know what I'm, I don't know, but it, it, they, they made me look stupid basically. Oh, I think I know what you're trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It was like something about like, it's like a baker's expression. Yes. Or it's a baker's expression. Yeah. But I don't know if it's uh, cake or like frosting related. Whipped yeah. Cream. It's but something you know, about, it's something about like cream or frosting on your face. Something yeah, like exactly. Yeah. It's like wearing it on your face. Yolk on your face. Is that what it is? No, I don't think so. That's not ringing a bell. But, you know, regardless, and they made me look stupid because they finally had Home Ice Advantage, which was everybody, it was what <laughs> every ticket. Leaf fan was saying, was like, oh, but, we, you know, we're not winning because we don't have Home Ice Advantage. They finally got it, and they still didn't win. Um, and I, I was like, son of a bitch, man. Like, if there was one year to do it, it was then. But now, I, I think they can do it. Uh, their goaltending has been stellar, and I'll I'll also cop out to this. You know, you you were being open and honest, and I'll be open and honest as well. When they acquired Murray, I'm like, th- that was to me acquiring Murray was Dubas's uh, downfall. Like he was all in at that point. You acquire him, you either look really smart and you keep your job, or that's okay. the move that's going to make you fired. Yeah, you know, and and. At the time, I'm like, you just signed your death warrant, basically. You just signed your – you're getting fired out the door. You know, that's that's how I felt about them acquiring Matt Murray because you saw his later years at Pittsburgh, just he was not able to match the standard that he was at with those cups. Um, and he even had his struggles when he was uh, with the team during the cup runs. But, again, the team was playing really good in, in front of him, so it kind of uh, – um, took the took the light off of, took the spotlight off of him, but once he went to Ottawa, and the tragedy of his father dying, I think it obviously affected his game. But he seemed to he seems to have rebound rebounded in uh, Toronto. He he is dealing with an injury, and I think I just heard a report, either right after the All Star break or during it, that he's going to be out. I think for three weeks. Forgot what injury he has, but he's going to be out now for three weeks with an injury. So, again, his only problem is staying healthy, but he's been solid for them this year. And then Sam Sonoff as well. Been another good one-two punch in, in the net for the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, I think when we look back, I remember talking about that Tampa-Toronto series, and I pointed out to you, and, and for any listeners who, who remember – I looked up save percentages that series and no goalie, not Vasilevsky or Campbell had a save percentage above 900. Uh, I think off the, I think off the top of my head and I could be wrong. I'll have to reference it, but I believe they were both tied at like 867. Like they were not good. Yeah. Low. They were, they were, it was high scoring. Um, They were blowouts galore in that series. I remember, you know, like, Toronto would blow out Tampa, then Tampa would blow out Toronto, then be somewhat even, then there'd be another blowout. Uh, but if they can get the goaltending that Samsonov and Murray have given them, I like their chances to make it out of the first round. Um, Tampa, again, is is a team that I feel like it, you still can't count out. As much as I hate seeing them in the playoffs year after year, they're a team that just structured so well under John Cooper's leadership that, yeah. you know, Monkeys could play for that team, and he would bring them to, <laughs> to the playoffs. 
I, I would also argue the monkeys could coach that team. <laughs> it would also do the same. That that's true too. That it, it's it's a working working paradox. Yeah. On a side note, Ann, the Spit and Chicklets podcast had Rod Brendamore on. I would I was going to encourage you to listen to it. I listened to it. It was a very good interview. Probably one of their Did best. You? Really. Mm-hmm. I figured it would be. I haven't listened to it, but. Yeah, well, who was the player that was on? It was a pretty decent player, too. Oh, dude. Oh, my. You know, I was thinking the same. It was Nick Suzuki, and I love Nick Suzuki. Yes. Uh, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their run in 2020, you know, when they beat the, the Knights and they ended up all, you know. Right. The, the 3-1 deficit against Toronto Western and overcoming Conference that. Champions. <laughs> I'm like, the story he has, you know, the experience he's gained has to be, like, incredible. And I thought it was going to be a good listen. It was terrible. It, it, it was, they couldn't get stories out of him. They even mentioned after, like, t- they finished their the interview with him, and they're like, yeah, he seemed to be pretty, you know, uh, I forgot what word they described him to be. By like book or something. Yeah, like, too, too contained, too, like, didn't want to get into anything? certain things. And they're like, we'll have to have him on a couple years from now, maybe do it another time. <laughs> Give him another shot. <laughs> yeah, because it was just bad. Like he, he just didn't have the energy. Um, and again, there there weren't stories to yeah. to. It, it was so bad. I and I was he really just, looking he just forward didn't to translate that. well. It sounds no, like to the media. It didn't. And like you would think with their run in 2020 and him being the captain of that team, being as young as he is, like he would have some really interesting stories. And it just it didn't live up to the standard. Another thing too is his, it very similar with with Connor McDavid, and I'm almost at this point wondering if it's a Canadian thing because Suzuki's Canadian. Could be, yeah. you know, is, do they, is it just their lack of personality? Like, do they just not express themselves as much? I don't know if that's a Canadian thing, but they're just it's low a energy people. Thing that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, but. Yeah, I, I would just watch that one for Brenda Moore. And then right. after that, you know, you can, if you want to listen to It's funny you mentioned this because remember dad got me the, uh, you know, like the commemorative DVD set when your team wins a, a mm-hmm. championship. Yes. Um, well, we, we watched game seven like a week ago now. And they had some bonus stuff of like Rod's speech after in the locker room after all the celebrations and um and and they were showing all the like interviews with the players immediately afterward and like you know who who who's the first person you're gonna thank yada 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 every who was the person that like put this team where they are like blah 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 stepped up blah 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 every single one time and time again friend of more it's gotta be rod the bot it's gotta be rod gotta be brenda moore blah 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 and then they show brenda moore's quick speech afterward and it's like like with all the hindsight that we have now it's like hell yeah this guy was gonna be a coach at some point of course you know he was a coach right then and there yeah he just happened to only have a player contract yeah he um he actually goes into it in the uh the the interview but he uh he was coaching kids leagues at that point too like after he retired as a player oh okay yeah i don't he may have been as a player because his son actually plays for the men's quinnipiac team which is like 
top mm-hmm. three in the in the country. So they're in a the really good program. Um, and so he he's since he got done with playing, his focus was family and his son. And uh, he talks about it in the interview how he's basically I think he's coached one of his son's teams um, and he was coaching other teams as well. But I won't spoil it for you. It's, it's a good interview. Listen to it. Uh, Rod Brendamore is a guy that, uh, that doesn't like the spotlight on him in the sense that yes. uh, yeah. he, he's a guy that will always give credit to somebody else. Like if you try to put him on the spot, exactly. like he'll be like, ah, oh, no, it, it wasn't. Dude, it and wasn't that's me. exactly what he did in the speech. Yeah. Everybody was a de- demanding a speech and he immediately just like makes it about everybody else. And there was one. You know, when you said that everybody was saying that he was the reason that they were able to do it, he mentioned somebody on the podcast. Uh, I, I forgot the name of the player, but he was like, it, it wasn't me who who was behind them. It was this guy. And, oh, uh, uh, I, think I forget I who it was. I don't think it was Colin Wesley. It may have been that guy. It was like a, it was a it was a player. I'll be honest. I had no idea. So it may be that player, um, but he he gave a praise to it. There a was player a couple of teamers on that team, yeah. Yeah, but oh, fun fact by the way, the Sabres GM Kevin Adams was on that uh, yes Carolina team. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I I didn't know that until he became a GM for us. I'm like, oh shit. Well, at least he's got some uh, knowledge of of winning a Stanley Cup. Some success. <laughs> yes, at least he's got some success. With all that being said, though, it's unfortunate we didn't. I didn't. You know, I was trying. I was focusing so hard on the East because the East is just a stacked division um, that I didn't really look at the West all that much. Um, looking at yeah. the standings, you know, there's only one team that has 70 points, like is above 70 points or at that. But in the East, there's four teams that are at 70 or above, and there's like two or three teams that are borderline 70. So it's such a stacked division compared to the West. Um, You know, maybe, maybe when the, when the uh, playoffs come around, we have matchups, we'll, we'll try to focus more on the uh, West than we do the East. Well, Um, you know what, dude, I'll probably be watching a bunch of West coast games in the next few days. So if we do another one of these soon, yeah. And and, I can always shout out the West. Yeah, and I'll I'd be down for that as well because the Kraken are a very fun team to watch. I was watching the dude. Play. Hell yeah, man! John Forslund on the call. It's so good. I forget what game I was watching, but they were playing. I think it was Columbus, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is just a fun game to watch. So uh, I would totally be down to do another one of these again with a little bit more of emphasis on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, before we end it, I you did mention to me that you wanted to say something oh, about yeah, Carolina. Okay. So if you're ready for that, I'll uh, yeah, forward it to you. Hell yes, hell yes. I, uh, I well actually, I almost I did start to touch on it earlier in the cast. I almost segued to it right then and there, but I held it off for this point in time. I'm glad I did. Um, but uh, dude, it's happened. What so when I mentioned it earlier, I think I was sensing like a back to back situation of it. Um, but I it's happened at least three or four times already this season, if not five. It's one of the best signs your team can show as far as playoff 
readiness goes, in my opinion. Uh, it's a particular point of the playoffs that the that Carolina has struggled with over the course of their woes from that 2006 cup run to the to their reappearance in the playoffs just four uh, years ago. But um, it's good to see Carolina looking like Tampa Bay and really just never being out of a game. And not only that, but showing up in the last period, in the last 10 minutes, uh, that and just vaporizing these large goal leads and in a matter of 90 seconds to force overtime or to win it right at the end of the third period. Um, it is so refreshing to see this team playing like that, uh, not only for the, for the thrill factor of it. I mean, you know how I can get going. I get animated and shit. Vanessa loves it. I'll run out of the room and stuff, just like making wild noises, doing, you know, my high kick run, my high knees run <laughs> around and all that stuff. Uh, not only is it good for that, it is an, an awesome sign for your team to have going into a playoff run um, because that's what wins playoff games and playoff games are what win playoff series. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this playoff push and also this, this um, obviously once it gets going the playoffs. But yeah, that was a little bit about Carolina I wanted to share. It, it's something as a long, a long-term fan of the Hurricanes, if any of if, if all seven of us are listening, if any of the seven of us are listening, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's just very appreciative. I've been watching this team for, you know, just a, a bit longer than you've been watching Buffalo, pretty much. And uh, it's a lot of time, a lot of your life to commit to something. Um, but it's awesome when it does finally turn around and and you start seeing this stuff. It, it, this is a little stuff that, that I see almost instantaneously. So um, good signs for the Canes, good signs for the playoffs, of course, with, with not only that, but with the trade deadline. Um, great, great talking again, Nick. It's it's always so fun doing this. I'm glad we could meet again. And uh, hopefully we can sit down again soon and give some, give some West Coast love, maybe some West Coast Valentine's Day love. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll touch on a few things, but um, thankfully our season will be ending soon here with the Cortland men's hockey team. Okay. Uh, so my, my weekends will be a lot. They'll have a lot more time to uh, sit down and, and do a podcast. So I, I can definitely do one for the West Coast since we were lacking on this episode. Um, another thing I want to touch on that you said about the, the Carolina Hurricanes is how they feel like Tampa. And, uh, you know, I, I know that when we were going into this season, we were questioning a lot of the offseason moves. Remember, they didn't they, they didn't re-sign um, Nadelkovic. Yeah. They picked up some players yeah. like Derek Stepan. We're like, what are these moves, man? We're like, what is yeah. he trying to do now? And dude, you know what? You know, he looks like a genius. Yeah, and again, I, I, I did... I, even though we were as critical as we were, especially me, I did felt like I was pretty disclaimery about all everything being said. I will still leave up some faith for Don Waddell because 
truth be told, I always get like this with him. I I have a love hate relationship with my GM. I think uh, it's healthy though, <laughs> and um, and I will cop to it. Uh, the really the best move out of all of it, dude, has been this Brett Burns pickup, and I'm loving every every single game. I'm loving it more and more. Uh, it's so cool too to see him, who's had such a long go of it, and just never amounted enough success for it. Uh, it's really good to see him, and he's even mentioned it in a post-game interview. It's good to see him feel like a kid again. Um, you can tell he he understands that he's surrounded by something special in the group of guys that he's with. Um, a, another thing he's mentioned in interviews, I'm not just saying that from observation. Um, he has caught, he has admitted this stuff in interviews, and uh, and it's given him. And his um, it, it's given a new meaning, I think, to his career, uh, and I'm loving seeing it happen in Carolina because all I can all I can see, man, is if they win that cup and Stall hoists it up because Stall's the captain. He's already got uh, a cup with Pittsburgh, so he's gonna hand it off quick. You know he is. And I think he's going to give it right to Brett Burns. And it's going to be like when Raymond Bork won his cup with Colorado after all those years. I think it would be really magical. Um, so, again, yeah, you're right. That is one of the reasons that they that everything that I was saying is going on. Because, man, when, when Brett Burns steps into that play, I, it's it, Trip has said it. They're basically playing with two defense and four offense. <laughs> and that's tough. He he finally gives you the quarterback on your number one power play. The, the defense that can For do sure. that. It was it was a area that you were lacking. Um, not that you guys lacked offense in general. It was just having a quarterback on that on that blue line for the power play for your number one certainly makes it deadly and and burns has absolutely proved that point um and you know the other thing i wanted to mention too about nidadelkovic is that he was ended he was ended up placed on waivers by uh <laughs> by the yeiser man yeiser plan uh steve y he was placed on waivers and he cleared it uh so it, he went from from hero to man. zero I have got to shut up about everything that that guy does. He really makes me eat my words. You know, I, I think he's only in business to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you've been their biggest, biggest critic, critic and, you know, rightfully so. You know, you've and they rose for to the occasion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. It's I, not, I, I, I would contest that it's not out of emotion. It is what you just mentioned. It's out of commitment. It's it's out of. Right. I've seen the entire history book from A to B, and and I I feel like I deserve to be that critical, and and I'm glad I'm glad I am, and I'm glad I have a GM that is uh, willing to face the the noise, and uh, ignore it. So kudos to you, Mr. Waddell, if you are in fact listening to us, Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I will say Rod the Bod does give him a lot of praise in the uh, yes. Spit and Chicklets podcast. They have a good thing going on. That's good. Yep. They have a really good relationship yeah. going I, on. 
I if I really wish I had the opportunity to meet Rod Brendan Moore. That'd be um, huge. In in one of my classes, we were doing an elevator pitch. That'd be unbelievable, dude. Yeah, like we were, we were doing an elevator pitch where we only had forty five second, thirty to forty five seconds to talk to somebody and basically either land a job or or have a lasting impression on that person. And I did really well in mine. I wish I fucking did mine with Rod the Bod. I, that, that'd be yeah. a guy that I'd be like, give me 30 seconds of your time. You're head coach, so I know how busy you are. I know how many people you meet. But Here's my, you know, here's my 30 yeah, seconds of fame. Exactly. To, to be surrounded by him. Up. And I'll shut yeah. up. You know? <laughs> yeah, like once, once my time's up, man, I'll shake your hand. We'll part ways. And, and you if can that, go. That's all it is. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> And you can go fuck your wife in the wise words, Billy Fiesta. Oh my god! But uh, but no, yeah. To to bring it back in, he, he, Rod the Bod was the foundation to change the Carolina Hurricanes, and Waddell has added pieces to the foundation to basically prop them up and be yeah. able to build a Stanley Cup winning team. Which you know, and Ryan has said that uh, Carolina has been his favorite this year. Uh, it's certainly panning out that way, uh, but I think recently he had stated that he feels like it could be Boston. I think he mentioned yeah. that. I don't know. It was They're a slide. Pull up. They're starting to pull say, their weight. Yeah, but but I was gonna say like Ryan kind of slipped in that it could be Boston. <laughs> he was kind of parting ways, like separating you know Carolina and Boston from each other. But uh, but yeah, it's we'll see how it goes. The, the playoffs are gonna be fun no matter what. Um, and like I forgot to mention, I was I was gonna say it in the intro, but you know, push for the playoffs, trade deadline, you know, late mid February to late March, probably the best time to watch hockey. The intensity in the games is there, the the feel for the game is there, the passion's there for all the players. Um, obviously, the trade deadline gets a lot more exciting because like Christmas, improve. yeah, and and <laughs> earlier in the year, you know. And, but instead of having to 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 pay money, Buy you just get to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Instead of having to make a list for everybody, you just get to watch that list play out. Sit on your ass. So um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, do another one of these for the West. Focus more on them. Uh, it'll probably be. I don't know how soon I can do it, but you know, I'll let you know. Hopefully, I can get okay. it in before the trade deadline, so we can kind of preview West teams that can improve. Uh, okay. But if not, we can always just do like a, you know, post trade deadline uh, yeah. review of, of the West. Um, and then one of these days, and we'll have to do a bonus episode on our hate for the ESPN streams. <laughs> uh, I, I was actually watching the Penguins game when we first started this cast. And lo and behold, it fucking buffered and crashed. And, you know, I was like, I, I, I was watching. I did the smart thing. I was watching it through Hulu. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what it is with the ESPN app, but it it's just unbelievable. Seem to always work. It it it's frustrating. Uh, I was I forgot what game. I think it was the Sabers. No, it wasn't the Sabers. There's another game I was watching. It it crashed like five times throughout its viewer, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done. I'm a basketball fan though. <laughs> yeah, which low key I want to start getting into basketball. I kind of have. I mean, I think I've sort of made that apparent. And yeah, um, I know. I agree. On a low key level, it's it's pretty consumable. I would admit. 
Yeah, I feel like my equivalent of your basketball is baseball. Like I've gotten a lot more into baseball recently, and you know it's nice. been fun to do so. And it's fun to to find a, a sport that you enjoy outside of hockey. I'll say that. You know, yes. for as much as we like it, it's to consume other sports is a good, bad idea. It's good to be a neutral fan in a league. Yes. Yep. Yep. Like that Rob Lowe uh, NFL <laughs> baseball cap meme. You know that one? Rob Lowe NFL baseball. I don't think I've seen it, no. I'll send it to you next. I just saw it yesterday for like the 10th. Okay. Time. I'll send it gotcha. to you next time I see it. All right. Sounds good. Um, but, you know, with all that being said, like I said, uh, you know, watch all the games. Definitely hit the teams that are making a push for the playoffs for the East. Look out for Washington, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Florida, and the New York Islanders. Watch those teams as they try to push for the playoffs. Those games are going to be very fun to watch. Uh, like I said, those teams are going to be pushing for a playoff spot. So, you know, the games are going to be good. The effort's going to be really, uh, you know, present and uh, and and clear. Uh, in the West, I know Minnesota, maybe St. Louis, you know, teams like that out in the West trying to make a playoff spot. Uh, you know, look out for them. Uh, obviously, continue to watch the crack and their, you know, Andy and I uh, touched on it earlier, but they're a fun team to watch. They got a lot of young talent. Um, shout out Matty Beneers, who is just lighting it mm-hmm. up for them. He's also an American, so, you know, that bumps him up on my list way up <laughs> yeah he he'll go from you know 200 or whatever to fucking top 10 easily he floors to, yeah he floors the top 15 <laughs> i you know there's some canadians on the hockey team here and we always get into debates about who's better and you know u.s or canada <laughs> and they're like dude you're you are, fighting the good fight <laughs> yeah no i definitely am I'm, i i will die on that hill if i'm alone or not you know obviously having allies is good but i will die alone to the wave of Canadians and they're like, you are the most unbearable USA fan. I'm like that. That's, uh, that is a, you don't understand that. That's a, um, what do they call that? A, uh, how testament. Yes. I was going to say a testament or like a, you don't understand how much of a compliment of like, I wear that as a badge of honor. That's what yeah, I yeah. When yeah. somebody says that to me, I'm like, that's a badge of honor. Honestly, <laughs> you're like, so, thank you. Yeah, I'm like, actually, I'm doing exactly what I need to. So thank you for it's saying like you're, that. It's like you're USA Hockey's lawyer, basically. <laughs> yeah, or uh, or their ambassador, you know, like their USA yeah. ambassador. Their legal representative. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, again, uh, trade deadline should be very interesting. We'll see what teams are winners and losers. Um, and, obviously, the playoffs will be coming around the corner. Time is flying by, so man, if you blink, you might miss the playoffs at this point. I don't know about you, yeah. man, but time is flying by. Dude, hopefully, it slows down in a couple of days. Yeah, seriously. I mean, uh, and dude, and and you know who the rain? My Rangers friend, friend Alex, had his uh, kid on his birthday, his thirtieth birthday. No so way. I got all those car accidents from my thirtieth, and he got his son born. <laughs> his <laughs> yeah. kid. Uh, who won that trade? I don't know. I sort of leaning towards I you. hundred percent, dude. I definitely <laughs> did cheaper, <laughs> cheaper gift. You know, Tim still hasn't gotten his car back. <laughs> I thought he did. I thought he sent a picture. Oh, did he? Or Dad did? No, maybe he didn't. I missed. No, I haven't. 
I'll be honest. I haven't been looking at the group chat recently because yeah. this has been just a busy week. But yeah, it's been busy for us here. But <sighs> yep, I, I don't know. It's it's. It was long. Either way, it's been long. Yeah, no, it definitely has. Uh, but other than that, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, it's been great. Like you said, it's been great to be back. Great talking. Um, we'll definitely try to do one again for the West. Maybe preview a little bit more for the trade deadline, and we'll go from there. I know that when the yeah. playoffs start, we will definitely be more consistent. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll be more consistent like we've been in in previous years where we'd like to do a round by round uh, review. So, and those are a lot of fun. I love doing those too. Yeah. Yeah. We always get really good about that time of year. Yeah. You kind of have to, it's, you know, playoffs are huge, but with all that being said, um, we'll wrap it up here. We'll let you guys go. Hopefully you enjoyed stuck around. If so, appreciate it. Um, And as always, peace peace out. out.